back to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and this week we have Julie Solomon, blogger, publicist, and co-founder of OMG Publicity joining us. We are so excited for you to join our conversation. Hey, Julie. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. I would love if you could start out by sharing your story, a little bit about you, how you got to where you are, what you're doing today. Sure, sure. So um, my name is Julie Solomon, and I am a 10-year I guess, veteran, even though that sounds like I'm an old person, Um, 10-year veteran publicist. Um, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, um, but have since moved to the sunny city of Los Angeles. I've been here for four years. And um, I did do publicity actually in New York City when after I graduated from the University of Tennessee. And then I moved back to Nashville and did some stuff there, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit. And then um, when I met my husband, um, moved out to Los Angeles. And I've been out here for four years and have continued the publicity path as well as... Um, do a ton of brand management and consulting for bloggers. So that has been um, a really fun and and kind of new creative endeavor. And then I also have a blog um, myself. So I am also a blogger as well. How awesome. So obviously you're a Tennessee girl. Me too. I'm from Nash, right outside of Nashville. So it's fun to have you. Yes, thank you. I know I'm, I miss my um, I miss my home, but I will be going back to Tennessee um, for the holidays, so that will be nice. Me too. Home for Christmas. Um, so yeah. I saw that right after graduating from UT, which I had tons of friends go there, um, and I actually attended where your co-founder um, attended Middle yeah. Tennessee State University. But it looks like you went straight to New York City. Um, you mentioned you learned more in a day than most do in a month. What was that like? Yeah, so I had actually, um, I, I went to the University of Tennessee and I majored in, at the time it was called journalism and electronic media. I don't know what, if, if they have changed that that name or if it's still that, but um, I made I was majoring in that. So um, a heavy focus, obviously, in journalism, um, you know, kind of news reporting, mass communications, and then public relations. And um, I had always thought that I wanted to move to Los Angeles because at the time I wanted to be like an entertainment reporter. But then I remembered that my when I was in school and I was hearing that you kind of had to do the news route um, first and you kind of had to like grunt it in middle America and, you know, do the five o'clock news (laughs) before you could get to that point. That kind of really um, didn't really sit well with me. I was like, I don't really know if I'm if I'm as passionate about that as I thought I was. And so for my senior year of, um, of college, I went to New York for the first time ever with um, with a group class for um, a journalism trip that we were doing. And I fell in love with that city. And I, I always thought that I was going to come to LA, which obviously eventually I did. Um, but I had visited LA before and I knew like that was going to be my place. And then I went to New York and I was like, this is where I'm moving. So that was probably in February. So then, um, fast forward to May, I graduated. And then within two weeks of graduation, I was living in New York city and, you know, I knew no one had no job, um, was just trying to kind of like navigate that and find my way. So that's how wow. that started. Yeah. Um, which was pretty, you know, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, I knew that I, you know, just kind of needed to, to dive in head first. And I think that with anyone that finds themselves in that kind of position that you, I'm a big proponent in following your fear. I think that, um, that's kind of God's way of like winking at you, you know, he's like, come this way, you know, and that re- when you really learn to kind of, um, embrace your fear and, and, and see it more as like a pathway and a guiding light, um, that's really the direction that you should be taking. So I absolutely did that with, um, with, with moving to New York and, you know, eventually was able to do some, some really kind of looking back on it, unique things to get a first, to get my, to land my first big PR job. Um, I, I, since, you know, I wasn't going to do journalism there. So I, I kind of went head first into, into PR and was able to land a really cool job up there. Very cool. How long did you live in New York for? I lived in New York for almost, it was definitely a year. I think it was a little over a year before I moved back to Nashville. So when I, when I moved to New York, 
you know, I, I had no job. I knew I needed to find one. And I was really passionate about um, music. I'd always just loved music. Of course, being a Nashville girl, it's kind of part of our DNA being from Music City, you know? So um, I always loved that. And um, I, I wanted to find a job in music PR, but it was really impossible. You know, it's such a um, that industry is, is kind of really hard to like dig into. And since I didn't really know anyone, I just, I remembered learning in a PR class in college that when you write a press release, every press release starts with the phrase for immediate release. Me that that's to basically let the media know that, that the content and what you're sharing with them is for, um, immediate release to the public. So, um, I got the crazy idea to Google search for that phrase for immediate release. And then I would also put in like, you know, a musician's name. So I would put in like, you know, Maroon 5 for immediate release or, um, Lenny Kravitz for immediate release, hoping that maybe a PR contact would pop, you know, a press release would pop up. And then from that, a PR contact would pop up. And then I could, you know, stalk down the PR contact and beg for a job. So um, I sent probably, you know, a hundred of those. And luckily I did get some callbacks. And one of which was at the time, and she still is the publicist for Lenny Kravitz. And she was looking for an assistant. So I went in and I interviewed and I got the job. And so I got to assist under this fantastic woman at this fantastic boutique PR firm for over a year, learning so much about not only just the music industry, but really the the PR industry. And what, what was so unique about that time was that it was 2007, 2008. So it was, you know, I want to say Facebook was obviously there, but it wasn't to the mass that it is at now in terms of just the scope of networking. Twitter was, Twitter was becoming a thing. Instagram didn't even exist yet. Um, you know, bloggers was kind of like this new name in terms of like, you know, like getting bloggers to cover concerts or things of that nature. So it was really a cool time in, in kind of being on the forefront of that transition. And what I really appreciate about my experience and going back to, you know, I learned what I learned in a, you know, I learned in a year, what most per- people learn in 10 years is that I was able to learn how to, um, essentially pitch. Cause that's what publicists do in the more traditional way but then also being the millennial that I was and kind of being on the forefront of that change, I was then able to take what I learned in those elements. And then when I moved to Nashville, push, push those traditional elements in to be able to evolve in this new age of media that we're now in today. Wow. What a cool story. I mean, to essentially just put yourself out there over and over again, which I mean, I think everyone goes through as they navigate, you know, landing a career, but it's painfully hard. I find I have these conversations with um, girls all the time about, you know, that post-college finding yourself season where you're constantly applying for jobs. You feel like you should be somewhere that you haven't yet arrived. How did that feel to just put yourself out there every single day? Um Obviously, you're good at it. You ended up pitching things for a career, but what did it feel like to put yourself out there blindly to PR firms every single day? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of like if you want if you want something done right, you have to give it to a busy person. And so my I guess my goal was to just try and stay as busy and as active and, and not really just busy because I always wanted to make sure that I had a really you know, clear purpose as to what I was trying to do and what my goals were, but to just to stay as active as possible. So I didn't, I didn't kind of, you know, get idle in in this big city that I didn't really know, you know, New York is a vibrant city. It's one of the best cities in the world. It's, it's probably, it is probably my favorite city, but it's can be a very lonely place at the same time, especially when you're like, you know, small town girl. Um, And actually, I'll say this to you because you're going to know this place, but I was actually born and raised in McMinnville, Tennessee, which no one knows where that is. Um, but I'm sure you know, right. Um, but it's, it's between where you're from Murfreesboro and Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, but I moved to Nashville when I was seven. Mm -hmm. But so when you think of it coming from like McMinnville, Tennessee, which is a teeny tiny town, to living in New York City, um, you know, it was a lot. So I think that I really had to just stay focused and really have a clear, um, 
try to have a clear idea of what my, my path was and what my purpose was. And then really just like, like sticking strong to the faith of, you know, why I was there and what I believed in. And in your, in your twenties, that's just, that, that's a, a discovery and a navigation within itself anyway. So. Wow. I mean, yeah, my DNA tends to kind of be very ADD ish anyway, in a lot of ways, <laughs> meaning that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a multitasker and focusing on numerous things, whether than kind of focusing down on one thing for, for at least for myself, um, is actually works in my favor. So I actually started to embrace it and let it be the driving force of my business instead of it kind of tearing me apart. Absolutely. Well, I love learning from people who have truly walked it. Like, obviously, you had to come overcome quite a bit of fear and just overwhelm going from, yeah, small town girl to pitching yourself every single day in New York City. Um, and then moving back to Nashville and launching a career there. I mean, you've gone through quite a few changes in different cities you've um, had to navigate in your career. How is that tied into like your conscious connection consulting, your e-course you're reopening for in January? I would love for you to tell us about that. Sure. Yeah. So I, um, once I kind of, you know, I, I felt, you know, that I had served, you know, God's plan, um, my purpose in New York city, you know, I really prayed about it for a while and thought about it. And I kind of felt like I had hit a crossroads where either I was going to invest my life and dedicate my life to that city and to thriving there and really starting to give back to that community and really be a, be a part, um, of that community in a place of service or I wasn't. Um, and so I made the decision to move back home, but what kind of helped me make that decision was another job opportunity presented itself. Um, I was able to, um, get a job at Thomas Nelson, which is the, the largest Christian publishing house in the entire world. It is now, it was, it was bought by HarperCollins a couple of years ago. So it's actually now, uh, an, uh, under, under the HarperCollins umbrella, um, but Thomas Nelson's in Nashville, Tennessee. And I actually had a friend, um, a fellow Nashville native who had lived in New York and worked at Simon and shoot or penguin publishing for quite some time. She was moving back to Nashville and she was getting, um, an editorial director position there. And she let me know, she said, um, they have a PR position open, you know, if you would ever be interested in, you know, moving back here and, you know, kind of doing what you've been doing with, with music, but instead you're going to be doing it with, you know, books and, and specifically faith-based books. So I said, you know, great, this is a great opportunity for me to kind of learn like another arena within the PR realm and to kind of spread my wings a little bit and learn a little bit more. And it gets me home, which is great. Um, and so I was able to do that. And that was a really fantastic experience in time. And I don't even think that I realized at the time the impact that it would then have on the trajectory of, of my career and really my life in the way in which I try and serve. Um, of course, you know, I was raised in the church and I'm a Christian. So, you know, kind of working at the biggest Christian publishing house in the world was, was easy for me because I, be, I believed what you know, the values and the mission of, of this publishing house, but really just learning the different walks of life and, and paths of other people really, tr really taught me the importance of connection and how that's really, you know, we are here to serve others. And the way in which we do that is by truly connecting and engaging with them. So I was able to learn so much working there. And I, I got to work with some fantastic authors like Max Licato and, uh, Sheila Walsh and Beth Moore and, you know, the Belong Tour, which at the time was called Women of Faith. I got to do with a, lot, a lot with that. And it was just a really special, special time. Um, and then again, you know, the landscape of the PR world is changing at the same time. So I'm having to evolve with that. And then that kind of led me to uh, joining forces with my business partner on the PR side, who had also worked at Thomas Nelson at one time. We saw that the landscape was changing and um, we had kind of learned everything that we needed to learn in-house and we knew that it was ready to take that next step. And she had actually already left Nelson and had been doing kind of freelance stuff on her own as OMG publicity. And then I jumped in with her 
um, probably two out two years after I started at Thomas Nelson. Um, there was one book in particular that I was able to be in support of called Heaven is for Real, um, which then was turned into a movie and it, it broke. It was like number one on the New York Times bestsellers list for over 74 consecutive weeks or something crazy like that. And that that book essentially was the reason why HarperCollins kind of really saw the value in Thomas Nelson. It was kind of the cherry on top um, and and why they wanted to, 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 to essentially buy Thomas Nelson and work with them. So I knew it was a good time for me to kind of you know, um, take that next, next direction. And I was also getting into a place that, you know, I, I wanted to, to be able to have more creative opportunities to do what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I tend to thrive, like I said, when I have so many plates spinning and, um, my brain is just kind of wired this way. It makes me a really effective and efficient worker. So I knew that I could serve better if I did that. And so, that's what led me to OMG Publicity. And then when I used to be employed by Thomas Nelson, Thomas Nelson then became our clients along with Simon & Schuster and a ton of other amazing publishing houses as well as authors themselves. So that was really um, a, a wonderful time as well. What a cool transition. And I love reading about how you guys decided on your name for OMG Publicity. I thought it was such a cute story and I would love for you to share that. Yes, and I actually have to give all that credit to my business partner, Beth, because that she had already had that before I came on board, but she was working with a fantastic author at the time and she would keep landing all of this amazing press and every single time she would send her you know, an update, a media update of the press that she would land, the woman would be like, oh my goodness, this is so great. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So she just said, you know what? I think that this is going to be, you know, I think this is it. And, and then I think at the time that that phrase OMG was kind of like a thing that people were saying a lot. Um, right. So it, ju- it just worked out. And then two, what is also unique about it and is that, you know, it, 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 it kind of still stems from that that goodness that we want to share with people within the books that we work because they all come from that core essential of faith and belief. And so, um, you know, that's kind of a, another another analogy to it that it's it's kind of spreading what we what we know to be the goodness. I love it. I mean, y'all y'all nailed it with the name. It's so fun. Um, I love that you get to do these very big launches with these big names, but you also are passionate about equipping, you know, every kind of blogger who may not have the big name quite yet. I would love for you to kind of share more detail about your consulting business with bloggers and your course that you're launching. That is, it's just cool that you truly do get to work with both worlds. Sure. Yeah. So, um, again, you know, join forces with Beth, um, as part of the OMG publicity, um, team. Um, and and we're still, you know, going strong today with all of that. We still get to work on some fantastic books with some really incredible authors making, um, huge impacts in the world, which is really special and neat. But when I, um, in 2013, I, you know, was living in LA with my husband, we were pregnant. And again, here, here I was kind of, you know, small town girl, finding myself in this big city. I'm pregnant. And, you know, it's like, who wants to hang out with a pregnant girl that they don't know? You know, no one. And so, you know, it's like, I'm so much fun because I go to bed at eight o'clock, you know, at night and, you know, I I can't have wine or anything. So um, my (laughs) husband is, he's an actor. And so he's, he was actually filming um, a project in New Orleans at the time. So he was kind of all over the place filming and, and doing, you know, his great work. And so I was kind of alone here and I really wanted to find a community that I could connect with um, and that I could could just feel a part of, you know? Um, so I started a blog. I started what essentially started out as, as a mommy blog. Um, it was a publicist spin on motherhood. And I would, at the time, you know, it was my goal to offer just tips and tricks that would really help a mom and a family um, live a more efficient and effective life, especially starting out. Um, and what that allowed me to do was really network and start to meet a lot of fantastic bloggers in Los Angeles. I don't know if you if you know this, but LA is kind of the mecca for blogging. Some of the oh, yeah. biggest and, and best bloggers come out of here. And again, you know, this is 
three and a half years ago. So, you know, not that I, I wasn't really late to the game, but I wasn't early to the game either. I was kind of right at the start of the big, you know, I think the big push probably started in 2011, but I was still kind of in it early, early enough to, to really kind of meet some fantastic people and start networking. And then of course, through my years of relationships and experiences as a publicist as well, I knew a lot of people on the lifestyle and beauty side. And so, you know, I was able to go to events and and just socialize and do those things and met a lot of wonderful bloggers throughout that. But as that started to kind of, um, organically go in, in, in the direction, meaning my blog that it went, I started to notice that there were a lot of bloggers out there who really, you know, and even some of the big ones, I mean, you know, I had, I had some friends and colleagues who were, you know, had Matt, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and they had these great blogs and they had beautiful content and stunning photos. And, you know, they were being, you know, highlighted on affiliate, you know, pages every day and, you know, making, making a living off of doing this. But I always kind of saw, you know, cause again, I always kind of, I think back to my, to my service brain and my connection brain and, and how can I fuse those two worlds together? And I saw that a lot of them were kind of either missing or lacking that piece on how to truly pitch themselves and, and really kind of be their own publicist at the end of the day. And my blog had got some traction, which was great, but I didn't really feel like it was serving to the best that it could. So after doing just a little bit of, you know, um, my own soul searching, some praying, and then really kind of going back to the drawing board and seeing what worked and what didn't work, I started to um, kind of bits and pieces just to test it out. I started putting out on my blog, juliesolomon.net, PR tips and blog tips. So you know, I would give, you know, to my fellow bloggers, you know, five PR tips to help you land, um, you know, a, a media interview, or I would say, you know, five social media roles that you should be breaking or, you know, five, you know, five blog tips, um, that, or five apps that will help you grow your blog. So just things that I could, and, and this is kind of content that I had been learning about and building up about since my days in New York City. I mean, these are things I, I can think of this kind of stuff and share this wealth of knowledge all day long. It's just what I do for a living. And um, and I really started to notice insane feedback. It was crazy. I was I doubled my my blog traffic in sixty days. I my newsletter subscription went up like 81% or something just kind of nuts to really, I mean, that was just, you know, that was kind of my, that was my sign basically that this is, this is what people need from you because really at the end of the day, when it comes to influencing and when it comes to blogging and when it comes to, you know, something like, you know, your, your website and and your Instagram, my Instagram, it's not really about us at all. It's really about how we're serving the audience that is coming to us. You know, what, what are we giving them that is impacting their lives? What are we giving them that is being, you know, solving problems for them? How are we being a solution provider for them? And when I started thinking that way, instead of just more on the surface of what I was doing, I saw a major, um, positive change and feedback. Wow. I love that you have compiled all of this into one place because I have these conversations with people every day of like, what's the point of posting just for the sake of posting, but actually, um, posting content that is valuable for your audience, but also fulfilling for you to share about. And so I think it's great to really be intentional about what you're sharing so that what you're doing has purpose to it. And I, I'm like so excited just to be able to pass along your website and your courses to other friends in this industry because I have this conversation almost every day of like, what direction am I going in? What am I doing? You know, I have this platform, but I'm not doing much with it, you know? And really, and that's what I, I find that there's so many, um, you know, I, I did a blog post a couple of months ago about why I rebranded and um, it got huge response because I was talking in there about how, you know, we bloggers, we tend to get in this thing. I call it the blogger rat race. 
that, you know, we, we of course compare ourselves to the other, you know, pages and stuff that we see out there. We see these people growing overnight and what seems to be like this formula that, that we just can't figure out, you know, we must not be good enough or smart enough or savvy enough to be able to figure this formula out. And everyone else around us is figuring out, but us, I mean, that's what you kind of, you, you feel that way. But I think a lot of that time, you know, in, in terms of a formula, there's not a perfect formula. There's just not. I think that you, because everyone's audience is different and everyone's audience changes every single day because who you have coming to your Facebook or your Instagram or your blog today is could be completely different than who's coming there tomorrow. Or maybe who, who goes to your blog for that kind of information could be completely different as to who goes to your Instagram for that kind of in, information. So it's really just about kind of being a little bit more, um, understanding with yourself just to know that, you know, it, there's not some secret sauce out there that you're not figuring out. Um, because I think that it then causes people to get very insecure and just feel very, um, down about themselves. Like they, they can't do this. They can't figure it out when really it's just about getting back to the core of, of why you started blogging in the first place. You know, it's not just about, you know, wearing pretty clothes and taking photographs and, and makeup, it, 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 it all stems from a deeper place of, of healing and serving. And so when you, yeah. when you get back down to that core of why I started this, and especially for women, because I think that a lot of times, culturally speaking, you know, the, the, the prettier and smaller and quieter a woman can be, it's like the more that she's accepted by society, you know, society doesn't like a big woman. They don't like, uh, you know, a, a woman with, with a loud voice. Um, a lot of times, not all the time, but you know, and, and it's kind of even like how, I mean, I can just say from my own experience, I was, I was definitely raised to believe that, you know, women need to just be dainty and sweet and, and kind of small and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you know you have your you have your service, but you don't want to serve too much, and you have your purpose, but it can't be greater than, you know. So I think that when it comes to blogging, while you see so many women um, get called to do it and get passionate for it, it's because it kind it gives it gives us that voice that we may have either consciously or subconsciously either lost or, or never really felt like we had. So you have to really remember to stay true to that core essence of what that voice is. And it far goes beyond any kind of, you know, styling posts that you may do or makeup posts. And even if that's your thing, that's great. But what about that is, is, is unique to your voice and what about that is going to make you shine. And that's really with my consulting, my six week consulting course that I offer called conscious connection. That's what that is all about. You know, my, my intention with that is to really train the bloggers and influencers that go on this consulting path with me on how to spark that connection, because it's really not, you know, your audience's responsibility to smart, to spark your interest, but it's your responsibility to smart, to spark theirs. And you have to really listen to your own wisdom and practice, you know, your passion through that. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it may seem like it does for some people, but I think that kind of being more of the turtle in the race is going to, it's going to allow for, for a more long-term longevity in a career and to kind of flourish better. And, you know, it's like I figured out my love for consulting and branding through the blogging, but I was also able to pull in these little things that I have discovered and learned throughout my PR career and my passion for that to really lay the foundation for it. Wow. Yeah. And like you said, the turtle in the race, one of my mentors used to say, there will be people who take the elevator up. But you know what? If you take the stairs, you usually don't have to come back down and fill in those character steps, you know, and people who take the elevator do a lot of the time. And it's great if people do take the elevator, but I would rather kind of do the character building step by step and not have to redo it, you know, even if it means getting there slower. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you, you kind of have to be slow and steady because that's when I really think that you figure out what truly resonates and what truly doesn't because you're able to kind of take time with it. And, um, and that's when you can really figure out how to not be paralyzed in the fear of, you know, pitching yourself or putting yourself out there or letting your voice be heard or, you know, using your, your, 
blog or your post or whatnot as a, as a place to heal because, you know, your voice and, and the, and you, the brand, I mean, people, if you're a blogger, you are essentially your own brand. So, you know, it, that matters and you're the only one that can really bring that into the world. So when you have a brand or a product that you truly believe in and you don't do everything you possibly can to share it and market it and promote it, then you're really stealing from those who need it the most. You know, there's thousands of people who want to have what you may offer, but it's your job to get it in front of them and to share your gifts and your, and use, you use your business or your blog as that vehicle. So it truly is a service at the end of the day. You know, it's not as much of a sale and it's not really about doing it bigger or better than anyone else, but really doing it your own unique way. Yeah. What would you have to say to those who are putting themselves out there and they either are scared of failing or they do have a total flop? And how do you move on? Because I'm sure you've dealt with every situation of like methods that worked and methods that didn't, you know, for clients or for yourself. What do you say to that? step back. And first you have to write everything down. Um, you're 42% more likely to achieve your dreams. If you actually write them down, there's something that happens in, in the, the way in which your brain is, is, is wired when you actually put pen to paper and write it down or, you know, type it out, but seeing it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a more of a manifestation that way. Um, but I would say that, you know, you have to really, learn how to think and feel for yourself. And that is where, you know, that is what I help train people how to do. I train them to think and feel for themselves. So over time, they are going to have this kind of processing as kind of second nature. And then they're going to let that, you know, if, if, if the fear still comes up because we're human beings at the end of the day, so of course that's going to happen. But you use that as a driving force, but you're, you're going to know that you have the experience because you can think, you can truly think and feel for yourself and you're looking inward instead of outward for that. And um, as long as you create as well before you consume, because I see so many people and I've even done it before. I mean, how many times have I like gotten up in the morning and like rolled over and like grabbed my phone and immediately went to Instagram to like, mm-hmm. you know, see how many likes I got on that photo or to see what other people are doing. I'm, I'm, I was instantly consuming instead of taking time to do what I needed to do to create. So I always give the advice to create something before you consume something. Because then, you know, you're, you're kind of pushing away any kind of insecurities or negative thoughts or comparison, comparisons that could potentially come up. And when you create, you're also generating your own things first so you can really, um, you know, build up that self-esteem and really be able to receive what, what you're creating so you can put out there. Um, and then you can get a really kind of crystal clear, um, vision on your process and story, and you can keep you on track to what your passions are. So you can grow with your confidence. And then you also grow with your abundance and your goals, man. I need to take your course too. (laughs) Well, and that's the great thing. I mean, we have with, with conscious connection, the six week course, I mean, it's, we really do dig deep and you really do come out of it with a completely, I don't want to say a completely new brand because it's really within you the whole entire time. We just kind of unlock it, you know, and that's, I'm working with a fantastic um, blogger right now named uh, Lauren Scruggs Kennedy. And Lauren is, is a beautiful soul. She was actually, she made national news a few years ago because she had a horrific, tragic accident that almost took her life. She was, um, she went to go look at Christmas lights with her family on in a, in a helicopter and stepped out of the helicopter and walked in front of the, of the, um, of the propeller. And it took her left eye and her left, her left arm. And so from that, she was a model before and, and a blogger as well. But then from that, you know, had to go through a ton of physical therapy and just emotional therapy and really getting back on track with her life. And, um, and she has done that so beautifully and so eloquently, but we have been, um, going through a rebrand for her and it's been so fascinating to see, um, how much of that, of, of, of what her rebrand is turning into was there the whole entire time. It was, it was embedded into her soul. We just kind of had to like 
get it out. And so yeah. she's going to be rebranding January 1. And, and it's such a, a really cool thing for me to see when these bloggers that come to me and they're just like, I feel so lost. I feel so confused. I'm not growing. I'm, you know, my followers aren't engaged. And then when we start going through some of the the techniques that I, that I've, I've created for them. And then you just see them flourish and you see their engagement rates go up and you see their followers truly connecting and commenting and you see their blog pages getting more views. It's a really beautiful thing. Um, so the consulting is a, is a really kind of deep dive and you have to be ready for it. It's, it's not, um, it's not strenuous, strenuous necessarily, but it is, you know, you do have worksheets and there is some homework and there's kind of just a lot of soul searching that goes with that. But if you're someone that feels like that you've kind of, you've kind of got that good, it's like you got your brand, you've got your following, you're doing all of that, but you just need more help with pitching, then um, that is where my my course, my online course, Pitch It Perfect would come into play because that is that helps you create a killer press kit. It helps you learn how to properly negotiate brand deals. It teaches you how to land um, media coverage and interview opportunities, that sort of thing. So you've, you kind of got a twofold with both of those. Wow, I'm so excited too for our listeners to hear about these opportunities because pitching is terrifying. And honestly, I'm sure you see this all the time. Women under undersell themselves or they take less than say typically a man would. I mean, even with some of my services, I've been doing this for a year and a half. And one of my guy friends took his first client at a higher price than I've ever charged, which is just so typical. It's so typical. And that's the thing that, that within Conscious Connection, which is the six, six week course, as well as Pitch It Perfect, which is the online course, um, and the online course is, is, you know, it stays up there forever. So if you opt in to do that, you could dive into the whole course in one day, or you could dive into it over six months and you have lifetime access to it. So that's great. But what both of them do is I give you a rate sheet formula. So I actually go through item by item about what you should be charging per, per post or what you should be charging for you know, blog coverage, and then more importantly, why you should be charging that and then how to then negotiate that. And then, um, and I also, you know, just give a great steps for bloggers or influencers as well, who, you know, a lot of times people are saying, Oh, well, this, you know, this brand came to me, but they don't want to pay, but I really like them. So what do I do? So, you know, I, I really give you the steps to do that so you can work towards getting to that place that you're constantly generating the income. Awesome. Well, I think, I can't wait. You guys, this is going to be linked in the show notes. So you guys will have to check out all of Julie's um, options of consulting or her course because I'm I'm ready. Um, what would yeah. you say? I mean, you're married to someone yeah. in, you know, the acting industry. He's busy. You've got your own stuff. You have a baby. How do you juggle all of this? Having a career, having probably a pretty social marriage and life and having a baby. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you take it day by day. I mean, you, there's, there's times that I, I, I don't, I don't handle it and that's okay. Um, I try to, you know, uh, Mike Hyatt, Michael Hyatt, um, who's a, you know, fantastic online mentor. Um, he was actually, when I worked at Thomas Nelson, he was the CEO there. So I got to learn a lot of stuff from him. And I remember him always saying that you want to always focus actually on, you know, the things that you can do right now, because there may be some big project or some big thing that needs to get done and it will get done eventually. But what can you do right now in this moment, being present in this moment to get to that next step? So that's always been super, super helpful. I just try to take it day by day as much as I can. I, I don't always succeed at that. Um, but you know, I think that that's really the only way that you can do it. Um, I know, especially when it comes to moms, it's like, you know, there's a lot of moms out there. They're like, oh, well, you know, I want to be able to have it all. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you just can't have it all. And that's okay. Because no matter what, something's going, something's going to have to give. So if I'm giving a hundred percent to my child, then, you know, my husband and my work aren't really getting that attention right now. Or if I'm giving a hundred percent to, you know, a podcast interview, then, you know, I'm not able to check emails right now. And I'm not able to, 
you know, answer a phone call from my husband and that's okay. So it's really just about, you know, trying to be in that present moment as much as you can, trying to prioritize as efficiently and effectively as you can. And then just giving yourself a break and taking it day by day, because I mean, when it really comes down to it, I had a, I had another author that I got to work with named Jesse Itzler and Jesse is a, he's a billionaire. He is one of the founders of Zico water and he sold that to Coca-Cola. His wife is Sarah Blakely, who is the founder of Spanx. So all of us women out there have a lot of thanks that we (laughs) need to give her. Um, but not only is he, I, I say that he's a billionaire just to, just to show you that he's a highly, highly, highly successful guy. And so when it comes to entrepreneurship or anything of that nature, I'm going to listen, you know, when he's talking about that. And I remember him saying one time when he was actually doing a podcast interview, he said, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. And when you cut back the eight hours that you sleep and then you cut back, you know, however many hours that, you know, your family needs or this and that. And he kind of went through it. He goes, he goes, and then, you know, let's say that you spend six hours at work. He goes, you're still left with like four hours if you use your time efficiently. And I had never really thought of it that way, that he said that every single day, I mean, and he's a guy that owns, you know, massive, massive companies, has a lot of, you know, people that depend on him to put food on the table. He says that he takes still to this day, two hours a day for just himself. And he goes, wow. and in those two hours, I can do whatever I, I want to do. I can, you know, watch bad TV. I can go on a walk. I can, you know, uh, if I want to return emails, I can, I can go to lunch with a friend, you know, whatever I want to do, but those are two hours that I need in order to replenish my soul and get back on track. And I, I thought I've always thought, I mean, I've never gotten there yet. I'm still working towards that. Um, but I always, that always kind of stuck with me because I was like, you know, he's so right. And it really just goes back to time management. So I think that when we really do look at, you know, the God-given hours of 24 hours a day (laughs) and really how can we use each of those hours in that day to be as effective as we and healthy as we possibly can. Yeah, I go back to this all the time because it's just sometimes it feels like you are constantly working or constantly on overdrive. But then you look at these extremely successful people and there's always going to be something to answer to, but prioritizing self-care and taking some time away from work actually makes you more productive during your work hours. It's just, it's all hard to navigate. But I love learning from, you know, people who are a step ahead of me like you. I mean, I don't have children yet. And I'm like, how could I add a child to this mix? Um, but I, I want... And, but and I, then I it will be the be second child, you know, and because that's, that's how my husband and I were like, we can't have a second child, you know, but then my mom always said that. She goes, if you're waiting for the perfect time to have a baby, you'll never have a baby because there's right. never going to be a perfect time because we, I mean, inherently, you know, we, we don't mean to be, I don't like the word selfish because I don't, you know, I, I think that we try to be selfless as human beings, or at least the ones that I know, but we are inherently self-involved. You know, it, it is kind of like we have to take care of ourselves before we can truly take care of others. We have to put the mask on ourselves when we're on the airplane before we can turn and help the person next to us. So wow. there is that sense of, of self that is kind of a, you know, a good sense of self, um, but it is so true. And I think that you, you do kind of, you get, you get, a, you just, you get very comfortable in your, in your days and your motions. And it is, again, it's that fear of like, oh, this is going to be a big change. And how am I going to fit this in and how I'm going to make it work? But everyone does. And they have long before we were here and they will continue to do so long after we're gone. So when I try to look at the big picture of that, um, that seems to help a little bit. And, you know, and working from home is another kind of hard one too. And I know that there's a lot of millennials that do that nowadays and a lot of, you know, bloggers as well and and moms out there and just creative uh, designers and whatnot that all work from home. And so when you're really having to divide your home up and, and learn when to kind of shut off the computer and, you know, and really take that time with your family, that can, that can be a hard one as well. Yeah. Working from home, you can either be like, you can have extremely productive days and then just days that are like, whoa, what happened to the time? It's like a black hole of time some days. 
I know. It truly is. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Um, as we transition, well, I love to hear each and every week, like what some of your favorite things are, some of your favorite shows, your favorite books, anything. It's just fun and a fun part of the episode that I enjoy. Yes. Um, well, one of my favorite books, um, which is my favorite book of the year, is called Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle Melton. Um, it was Oprah's number one recommended book this year. Glennon is a incredible woman, um, amazing speaker, you know, New York Times bestselling author, and her book Love Warrior is 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 beautiful. It's great. I think it's a must read for any for any, any woman really. Um, and, um, and a man too, but especially, um, I think that it rings true to, to just women and, and kind of how we navigate the world. So I love that book. There's also another book for any moms out there called the conscious parent that has been a very kind of eye opening book for me. It's cause it's really not about parenting your child. It's about parenting yourself. Um, so it's kind of an interesting way to view parenting and look at parenting in a different way, which I think is important. And so that's been a really fun book. And then in terms of what I listen to besides you, of course, um, (laughs) other amazing podcasts that I love, there's one called the school of greatness. It's Lewis hose is the, is the founder of that. I also love Amy Porterfield. She's a fantastic pot. She has a fantastic podcast that pertains to, you know, online marketing and growing your business and that sort of thing. And then I also love, um, on YouTube, Marie Forleo. She does. Yes. I love Marie. She does some really, really, um, beautiful and insightful interviews over there. They're both great. Um, and then Mike Hyatt, of course, who is my old boss, but he has a wonderful podcast. And then I love Dave Ramsey's radio show. I know that that's like old school and it's been around forever, but you know, you Dave Ramsey, when it comes to anything financial is fantastic, right? He's, he's definitely on to something. I mean, he's successful for a reason. Exactly. So I love I love him too. I think that he's great. There's another podcast out there too that I've just been recently getting into called Being Boss. So um, so I do like that. And then just a little a little teaser for you guys, and probably for you because I'm going to have to return the favor and have you on. But I, I am launching a podcast um, in March. So. Oh, Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, wonderful. No. I can't wait. Yeah. I am like a podcast junkie. So hey, I, yeah. and I know a, hey, lo- a lot of people really? in the podcast world say this, but the more and more that I dig into it as well is it really kind of is like the last frontier in terms of, of, you know, um, media, you know, and, and being a publicist, I, I really, really see that. And, you know, like I, what, what we were talking about in the beginning of the interview about kind of traditional marketing and how that works podcast, I think is going to be one of the last kind of big things to ride the wave on. So, um, it's, it's cool. I I'm looking forward to it. And and that's why I love to do things like this because I learned so much from, from women just like yourself on, on, um, you know, sharing, sharing your thoughts and your wisdom through this beautiful platform of podcasting. Well, it's just so fun to kind of have a platform of like women passing along wisdom to other women. And I like listening to men as well, but um, that's just an area that I'm passionate about. So it's particularly fun to interview women like you who get to just share your story and your wisdom with other women. And, and there are listeners out there who can hear your story and feel, they might feel terrified, but your story might give them the courage to take the next step. And so that's so exciting for me um, just to get to be a part of. Totally. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I meant to say, have you listened to, um, the How I Built This podcast, the founder of Spanx was on there and her story was incredible. Cool. Yes, yes. And she she does. She has an incredible story. Um, I loved one of the, t- I think she said that actually in that podcast that she was talking about one of the best lessons that her parents had ever given her. And she talked about how every, every night at the dinner table, her dad would always ask her um, what she failed at that day. Because if she failed at something, that meant that she tried. And so he would always like, he would always celebrate the failure. So I thought that that was a really cool way to look at, to look at failure. I know that went in like my future parenting notebook. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, Julie, where can everyone find you? Obviously, we'll be linking this in our blog post and the show notes, but I'm so excited to have gotten to chat with you and share with everyone what you're doing. It's just been so fun. Absolutely. Well, thank you. And yes, um, they can find me over on the website, which is Julie Solomon, S-O-L-O-M-O-N.net. And there you're going to find not only the blog where I give a ton of free, um, I have a ton of free information away just in, in forms of PDFs and, and worksheets and things like that. I, I love to do that kind of stuff. And I feel like that it really resonates with people. And I think that that's where you really learn things. So um, I, I've had some people tell me they'll just go on the blog and just have a field day and just like pull up all of those free worksheets and PDFs. And they're super fun. Um, we have a great community over there. And then my newsletter, um, which is fantastic because once a week I will share kind of just tidbits of information that I don't share anywhere else. You can only get it on my newsletter. And um, those are my connect, my conscious connectors over there. So we have a great little newsletter network. So if you head over to the blog, make sure to sign up for the newsletter. If you want additional, you know, blog PR tips, information on how to grow your uh, business brand and income. And then um, you can find the courses and all of that there. And then social media, of course. Instagram is um, and Twitter is the same handle. It's at Jules Solomon. So that's J-U-L-S and then S-O-L-O-M-O-N. So two S's in that. And then Facebook is facebook.com backslash Julie Solomon blog. Awesome. Well, I am so excited to have gotten to chat with you. And thanks for joining me today. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Until next time. Thanks again for joining us at the Radiant Podcast. It's so exciting to have you here each and every week with us. As always, you can find us at radiantmagazine.org or on all social media outlets as Radiant Magazine. If you love this podcast, please be sure to share it with your friends or leave a review. It really makes a difference. And if you love the song, find it by Kayla, C-A-L-A-H, on iTunes. You will love her music, you guys. She's a part of Radiance team, and we just think she's amazing. And this episode was produced by Christian Sager. Again, thanks for joining us. Until next time. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Welcome home to Click. Hundreds of data analytics leaders are coming home to Click to gain insights from data. Why? Well, it's simple. Better performance, greater usability, and a lower total cost of ownership. Plus, with Click, you can accelerate business value from data on Click's cloud or any cloud. Don't just take our word for it. It's what data analytics leaders are saying. Visit click.com slash welcome home to hear why hundreds of leaders in data analytics have come home to Click. That's click, Q-L-I-K dot com slash welcome home. Home.